1: Support Wrestle Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring, and a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, and I'm joined by the other one.
2: Hello Swift Nation and a hello to you Oliver Davis how the devil are you I'm good
1: for two reasons Luke. Mm-hmm. number 1 we had the set design guy come in earlier today and he he guided me through the the murky waters and treacherous uh, terrain that was awkward <coughs> yep uh of set design and art departments and he was very you know he just held my hand As I asked so many stupid questions, and he made me feel good about it, and he was really enthusiastic and excited. Yep, so that's, and it brought a massive smile to your face. You haven't stopped smiling all afternoon, really. Well, I've been, you know, I've been very conscious that the Wrestle Ramble has looked awful for about two months now, two to three months.
2: And uh, the the new set was a Patreon goal way back when that we we passed some time ago.
1: But we couldn't because, like, the, The old studio's future was up in the air So yes It's nice to finally scratch this itch And he said If all goes to plan He'll put it up next Friday Which means It'll be debuted The day after Evolution Which is Monday the 29th I guess Mm -hmm. Uh, But you won't be here I will not be here And neither will El Fakador Yes (laughs) Yes A hilarious scheduling clash that Fakador might have only just let us know about. I let you know about mine. I've not got beef with you. It's your 15th honeymoon or whatever it is. You had this booked in ages ago. (laughs) It's my one year wedding anniversary. Exactly. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, And you told me about it ages ago. And I'm like, (laughs) that's fine. Because that's why we got El Fakador. And also. To fill in for Luke. And also when I booked this in.
2: There was no evolution at that point.
1: Yes, that's another good point. So, anyway, evolution... Sorry, Fakador is also away that day. He's in another country, Mm. technically, Scotland. It's pretty close. Well, it's another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But, you know, sometimes it feels like we're all... all, Same landmass. We're all together. Same (laughs) landmass. And, you know, not fully independent.
2: No, no, and they probably. Well, it's highly likely they will highly unlikely they ever will be, unless mm. they get the vote again.
1: Uh, so yes, and this just so happens to come five days after the next member of the Wrestle Talk team becomes full time with us, Andy Datsun of the website. And he may make his on-screen debut. <sighs> his face lit up because he <laughs> came to visit the other day. And I said this might happen. Like, oh, God, I haven't got anyone to do the Wrestle Ramble review of Evolution with. Usually it wouldn't matter because we don't do Wrestle Rambles on Monday.
2: Exactly. It would have been fine when before
1: bloody evolution happens. Everyone's talking about Crown Jewel and whether this should happen. No one cares about us.
2: No one cares about the little people.
1: Ah, oh, what about the poor guy just trying to hustle his way through YouTube? <laughs> so, hustle yeah. being the optimum word. Yeah, and I say this. And Andy's little head just peeks around my computer screen with this, like puppy-like grin on his face. I know he's listening, <laughs> and he was just, you know, just a look that said, "Please, oh please, please sir, oh please, sir. You know, I'd was, love
2: to be on the old whistle Ramble with you, doing so, the old talk about the program."
1: So he's gonna have, to, you know, it's it's gonna have to be him. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just prepping everyone now for a significant. An even lower dipping quality <laughs> of conversation than what you're already accustomed to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well. Because, you know, I, do, I know Andy, but I don't know if I can talk in front of a camera. Uh, talking in front of a camera with someone is very different to t- having a normal chat. Exactly, yeah. What if he gets, like, stage frights? What and if just, I get stage fright? Well, you're never going to get stage fright. I, I got it. In front, first time me and Fakador did one. Oh, yeah? I had to, we had to stop several times because I just couldn't speak. Wow. My but Yeah, like thoughts just wouldn't form. Mm. Completely caught me by surprise. I was so used to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're not run. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of like that. Well, would you like
2: a Rusev Hay? Yes, please. Uh, This comes from Aaron Black. So about five years ago, there was a live event in my hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. The Shield came through the crowd to do a run-in. Unfortunately, I don't remember who on. But I unwittingly touched Roman Reigns' arm. Maybe a little too (laughs) snug. But at the end of the show, I saw him and wanted to apologize. So I stupidly walked over and tried to apologize. When I walked over, the entire Shield surrounded me and said... No harm, no foul. You can believe that. Unfortunately, my phone uh, with the pictures got stolen. I swear on my life it happens. That's pretty cool. Mm. Well, if it happened, obviously, you know, picture it didn't happen. Yeah.
1: yeah, Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But that that story of them just maybe that was a routine they had. Just surround fans who are already a little bit nervous. Mm. They can see him approaching me like, we
2: got one, boy. (laughs) It's like they're hazing, the shield hazing.
1: (laughs) Imagine touching Roman's arm. It's really oily. I was going
2: to say, it's really wet. Mm. Yeah. And you're not sure what it's wet from, but it's probably really wet.
1: Yeah. Wet from sweat. Wet from... Just his, yeah, permanently wet hair. Mm, Could be anything, man.
2: Uh, We'll do another quick Rusev hey here from Liam Drake from Middlesbrough. All right, lads. A mate and I went to Philadelphia for the Royal Rumble earlier this year. We arrived in the city on the Saturday and were uh, to leave early Wednesday morning to fly over to Las Vegas so the WWE were in town the whole time we were. We joked about the idea of potentially seeing some of the roster out in town after the Rumble, but that didn't come to fruition. Perhaps it's true that the supposed drinking culture of 15 to 20 years ago really has died, or maybe we were just in the wrong bars at the wrong time. Instead of buying tickets to Raw, we decided to just drink around the bars in the city and watch it on the screens. Now I'm a tad sketchy on the time, but it was approximately 3 in the morning as we were stumbling back to our hotel room when I noticed the unmistakable figure of Corey Graves stood in the distance of the direction we were walking. We continued to stagger on towards him, it became clear that he was much shorter in person than I'd anticipated. Huh. He was stood on the street corner with Renee Young. Now as I recall, this is this is my interpretation of events, and Corey's interpretation of events may probably be slightly skewed. As we were, perhaps one foot f- away from each other, I simply glanced over and without breaking stride, fired a nod of encourage- acknowledgement towards him. No words exchanged. In the moment, it was a sign of respect. You know that I know you- I know- You know that I know who you are, And we're cool about that. Hmm. What he probably saw was two leathered northern British lads stumbling down the street at (laughs) three in the morning, had eyeballed us from some distance, and (laughs) wanted nothing to do with us in the slightest. Now, what I hadn't realised was that my mate hadn't noticed Corey Corey and Renee until we were approximately touching distance of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm still laughing at the use of leathered.
2: As once had I perfectly executed my cool nod of acknowledgment and taken literally one step past the couple, my mate belted out, EAR that bird looked a lot like effin' Renee Young, that." He then started to rub a neck and realised it was Renee Young. He then too noticed Corey Graves with her.
1: Oh, my God. We
2: carried on in our, di- in our direction as he came up with various plans and schemes of we could try to get to the hotel bar the next day so we can have a pint with Kevin Owens and asking important questions, such as, do you, do I think Kane would choke slam him through a table if I asked? Cheers, lads. That's from Liam in Middlesbrough.
1: Top work. I also like the image of a Corey Graves in the distance and how you would... S- detect him just from his shape yeah. which is uh, a long slender man with like a little whip of hair at with the top. With a little quiff. A little ice gem at yes. the top. <laughs> uh,
2: well that's all for our roots of Hayes in the opening part of this. We have got a agony arts request in the outro of this podcast. May I also
1: tease Oliver's uh, first ever experience as an adult on a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if that doesn't
2: make you stick around <laughs> for the outro, I don't know what will. But, um, I mean, it's it's nice to have a little sort of fun and japes here. We're going to have fun and japes in the oh, outro. Oh, I forgot but,
1: about the subject of this show. But we're going to get into
2: some quite... I mean, this is not a fun episode, I'll be honest with you. Here's the show.
1: Awkward gear shift into the the topic. I feel I'm, I'm getting shades of when Hulk Hogan returned to WWE. Yeah. And we we did that episode of, like, Should this have happened? Mm. And we had to be Mm grown-ups and talk about stuff that transcends wrestling into larger topics of morality. These are dangerous waters. And as Luke so very well said on last last Friday's news episode, uh, be friendly in the comments. We're trying to figure this out ourselves. I I think that's like anyone who says this is a clear decision. It's like... It's a, it's a it's a very murky argument. But when I I'm not certainly going to come to a, a decision because I, I I'm very indecisive about everything. Yes. Apart from what I have for breakfast. What did you have for well, breakfast? Well, always eggs and lentils these days. <laughs> It's a great start to the day.
2: Yeah, this really is like a it's it's a hot button issue. It's um it's a triggering issue. I would certainly say as well. I think that as soon as you mention some of these these words, some of these, it's almost like words like what, Luke? Well, words like Khashoggi disappearance, allegedly, you know, things like that. It's almost like when uh, El Fakihor made a patriarchy joke yesterday, and there were a few people who took issue with it. Mm. So. Re- yeah, as we said last week, be friendly in the comments. We're trying to work this out ourselves. Just be respectful to each other. Be respectful for other people's opinions. Don't just do what YouTube does and just go no ho- horrible awfulness and type way. This also because we've been accused of this, not taking away anyone's freedom of speech. That's no. why the comment section is there. If we were taking away freedom of speech,
1: we'd have closed off the comments. Mm. So yes, let's just all be confused together. Yeah, yeah, because anyone who says they know what's what is. You know, that's a warning sign to me. Yes. If anyone's, I know exactly what's happening and what to do here. I'm like, all right, then, big boy. <laughs> you tell me what's yeah, going yeah. on then. So, uh, as a brief recap to this real life story. Yes. Uh, you, you know names and dates better than I do. Yes, yeah, so
2: this was a story that uh, we covered last week, last Friday on the Talk News and it's sort of been in the news peppered throughout the week as well. So, th- this is a real life event you know, that's affected into our silly little world of professional wrestling. On October, sef- uh, October 2nd, a Washington Post journalist, uh, who is of Saudi Arabian uh, sense he was born there but he is a US citizen, at least he works in uh, the US, works for the Washington Post. He went missing, he went to the uh, the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, Turkey, on October 2nd. He went there because he was going to get marriage documents so he could marry his fiance. Now, the story that the Washington Post released, that was based on his uh, fiance's testimony, or like what she told them and what his friends have told them, he had almost thought I'm not leaving this place and so he gave her his phone which was synced to his apple watch so he could record what was going on and just in case anything untoward had happened story is because he'd been very vocal vocally critical against uh, the uh, the crown prince and the saudi regime that he was he'd been offered high uh, high profile roles within the government Um, almost in exchange for them not hurting him or doing anything like that. And he had told friends that he was almost afraid to return back to Saudi Arabia because he didn't believe that they wouldn't hurt him and he went into the consulate, hasn't been seen since. Turkey officials have released a video of him going into the consulate but say there is no video of him going out and they've also said that they have seen the uh, and heard the footage and audio of him being interrogated, tortured and murdered and dismembered and that is why we've not seen him in you know two weeks now. Um, and in fact, there was a, I, someone sent a tweet earlier, there was a US uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompo has uh, heard the alleged audio recordings of the Washington Post Jamal Khashoggi's murder so there are a lot of people have said like well if there is these audio and video things why don't they release them? Turns out people have claimed that they have heard them as well but again that's claims we haven't heard them so we don't know if they do exist or not. So that is essentially the story. Um, since then, a lot of businesses have cut their ties with Saudi Arabia, including um, Br- uh, Branson, Richard Branson and Virgin. And there was, a, there was meant to be sort of like a big business expo thing there soon. And a lot of companies that were going to that have pulled out because they don't want to be associated with it in case there's been some negative press written about them. Which has happened to WWE because they have a very high profile relationship with them in this 10 year deal that you actually know more about than I do because you were the one who was doing those news stories. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit. It's just uh, t- so th- initially the reports were that WWE were getting in the realms of $45 million per show in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, big number. 10 year deal. Uh, and they would do two shows a year there. So, you know, that's like a billion dollars. That's that's crazy over that amount of time. Uh, and, of course, the first one was the Greatest Royal Rumble in April. And that was controversial all by itself because that show, because of uh, cultural customs in Saudi Arabia, doesn't let women... But won't let women perform in sports, essentially, especially if they're scantily clad, like uh the the, the wrestlers men wrestlers are as well, you know. I'm I'm all for equal rights scantily cladness. Mm-hmm. And this rubbed understandably a lot of people the wrong way, uh, myself included, mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you should get women on the show. WWE's defense at the time was, well, you know, you start off like this and you slowly introduce change change so you know you you put on female matches maybe in 2 years time and you would have been a part of this narrative that over time you have a progressive slant of things and that's that's uh what well, MBS which is Mohammed bin Salman who is the Saudi crown prince that's his vision uh, apparently uh, it's. It, I think it's Hindsight 2030, it's called. Vision 2030. Vision 2030. Hindsight 2030. Yeah, I mean, maybe there should be, there will be, <laughs> <laughs> there wow. might be some hindsight in mm. a decade's time. Mm. And it's the idea that by 2030, the year 2030, Saudi Arabia will have a society that's come, come around to more Western styles of living. So like equality, they make a big thing that women can drive now, mm-hmm. which, you know. You, you, it's, it's, they couldn't do previously. Yeah, they couldn't do previously. So, so that type—that's like, you know, quite a, a noble thing. You you want you want to get there, but you understand societal change never happens overnight. It's this is a long game thing. Mm-hmm. So, the, the, that's the. But you know, from WWE's a, approach, I, I, usually I would go, okay, it's for the money, whatever. But because it's in tandem with them promoting their women's equality and you know we've got ronda rousey it's the women's movement you cannot you just battered over the head every episode of wwe programming women's evolution and now they're doing the evolution pay-per-view which is the all women's thing and then five days after that you're gonna get this crown jewel show which also doesn't have female performers on and i feel like a lot of people just got used to that now wwe is very good of not having scandals stick to it because it's such a weird thing anyway like the mainstream press looks at professional wrestling as a bit of an oddity and therefore it behaves by different rules uh and that's like that's kind of what's happened here and we you know we do just go along with it most of the time We, we we say that you know WWE's terrible But we tune into Raw and Smackdown every week mm-hmm. So you know we're part of the problem too Yes But then it's it's had this addition of uh, the, the Khashoggi murder The Khashoggi, the Khashoggi murder mm-hmm. My apologies uh, And that's WWE uh, Like their sort of stance on this And JBL and Randy Orton have done statements Saying well you know you've got to go there And it'll it'll create change They're at the forefront of change The forefront of change And that's kind of like Well that's the argument for the the women's progressive stuff We're not talking about that anymore We're talking about the fact that The the government allegedly have murdered a journalist And you know to point out Countries that western countries work with Murdering journalists is pretty widespread And nothing new Mm -hmm. Uh, But this one has flared up
2: yeah, and it's um, and, and that's kind of the thing with the the JBL and and Randy Orton comments is that like the JBL one in particular was very much like a, you know, what do you think of WWE doing this deal with a country that is alleged to have murdered a journalist? And JBL quickly dodged that question and answered a different question, but still made it sound like he was answering the original question. And Randy Orton's one was the exact same thing as you said, like they were answering different points. But WWE have just said we are monitoring the situation, and. The Dave Meltzer said on the Resting Observer Radio that the only way this show is going to get cancelled is if the State Department say you cannot go or the President of the United States Donald Trump says you cannot go and I saw a report this morning that apparently um, Donald Trump has put blocks in place for information from Turkey to get released in regards to the Khashoggi murder because he himself has ties to the Saudi Arabian government and their p and like their regime because they help him buy or they buy some of his property and his real estate from his previous career before he was the president so but again that's all you know alleged that's what was uh, reported today so it looks like this show is 100 going to happen wwe were promoting it on raw and smackdown but not mentioning where it was they were just saying it's crown jewel it's airing on the wwe network uh, and they've got So, you know, they've got two massive matches that they're promoting on there, which is the triple threat for the Universal Championship, and Shawn Michaels' first match in eight and a half years. And it's a much smaller crew going this time. Uh, Dave Meltzer wrote in the Observer that only 19 wrestlers are actually going over this time around because the majority of the show is going to be built around the World Cup tournament. So it is a tournament. It is a tournament. To determine the the best best in the world. world. It's a one-night tournament and those three matches. So actually only
1: 19 people are going. But they are all big time. You've got John Cena in there, Kurt Angle. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio. The Undertaker, uh, Shawn Michaels, Jeff Hardy. Jeff, Jeff part of the Hardy web. qualify? Did he? Yeah, so yeah, he did. I can't remember. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention. The Miz. Oh yeah, I forgot he was part the Miz of it. The Miz did. He had, he had his thirty-second match with Rusev. So it's uh yeah. It's uh, did you see today in the in on Wrestling Observer Radio that they said actually the amount of money profit from this show. ...is only two to three million dollars. I think because they've got such a high expenditure Mm. this time round... ...as opposed to they did last time. Uh, Yeah, because Brock Lesnar is training for an MMA comeback. Mm. And he has effectively had to halt that MMA comeback... ...to go into wrestling mode. That's good. And like Brock does not do stuff cheaply anyway. He's got an even bigger payday on the horizon for UFC... And he he says, "Well, this one's even more money. I'm going to do this one, and it's a seven-figure sum." Was the uh, the report? So that, that's yeah. a massive amount of money, I, and I think more than definitely more than a million. one hundred percent more. Yeah, because like from the UFC fight, he'll make five six million. Mm-hmm. So, I've got to imagine it's like around the four five mark. And you've got I'm just, to just yeah. in that figure out speculation. Well, mode.
2: absolutely. I mean, you've got to wonder how much Michaels is making for this, considering that for the last eight and a half years. Every time a money offer has been put on the table for him to have a comeback match, a WrestleMania match, a Royal Rumble match, they've been trying to have him have a match in WWE since his retirement in 2018, 2010. And he has always said no. So there has got to be a very, very large number that made him then go,
1: all right then. Yeah, this isn't, this isn't like... Uh... I'm doing it for my kids like Goldberg he was like my son never saw me wrestle and I want to see him and I, I, I fully believe that because Goldberg loves his son <laughs> about genuinely when he dabbed yeah that, that one time <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time Goldberg <laughs> has not loved his own son but the rest of the time he will go back to wrestling and WWE something that he's spoken out against mm. just for that but Shawn Michaels you know he's he's never said I'm going back to help elevate younger talent which we you know we're seems to be a part of his character mm-hmm. he's going back to wrestle the undertaker in kane and he's not doing he's not said that he, he wants to come back for kids or anything or for his family to see him wrestle or for the fans so it really like but like in a, in a larger moral question and that's where it does tie into the larger thing of WWE in saudi arabia and i'm not saying i'm not saying yes or no to anything i'm just saying if the question is posed to you you this much money you know x amount of money mm-hmm. when do you start to go well you know maybe maybe yeah. i should go to saudi arabia it's the uh, it's yeah how much money
2: is would uh, you throw morals out of the window mm-hmm. it's like have you ever read the uh, the richard Matheson story the box um, they made it turned into a film with Cameron uh, Diaz, I think. Uh, which 70. was
1: directed by Richard Kelly. That's right, it was Richard Kelly, yeah. Who just has dropped off the face of the planet because he, he kept making bad movies after that. One good one. Well, some people defend Southland I Tales. Do, and I'm one of You're them. One That's of half them. a good movie. <laughs> it, is, it is, 50% of that movie is interesting. Featuring The Rock, so it's not, you know, yes. it's still wrestling uh, orientated,
2: Yeah, and Sean Williams Scott. Um... And Kevin Smith, oddly.
1: But it's... Um, sorry, what was the point of... Thinking?
2: Yeah, like, so the box, the box... If you haven't read the Richard Matheson story, the box is essentially a couple gets sent a box in the mail. And the box essentially says, like a, a salesman comes around and he says that this button, if you press this button, someone not connected to you, uh, someone you don't know, is going to die. But you will get... A massive amount of money for it so really it's a quandary of just like well i mean i don't know this person i don't know the person that is going to be killed so does that really affect me because i actually i'm in a lot of money issues at the moment i get a lot of money from this of course i don't want to spoil the story the twist in the tale is that really him and his wife don't really know each other and so when he pushes the button, um I think it's she pushes the button, he uh, murders the, 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 the other the partner. well, it's like, well, well did, did, yeah, did not you... to
1: spoil the story, but spoils the story. Well
2: yeah, it came out fifty <laughs> years ago. Like what do you want? Like you know, anyway, so it's
1: yeah, that, I mean, it, I don't think I'd press the button.
2: No, I don't think I would press I the button. I wouldn't do either. it to kill
1: someone. Yes. And that's you know but we're not saying that we're just saying there's. it's an interesting thought experiment exactly uh, yeah and but to go back to the, the the WWE side of things and the the topic
2: we had at hand should they cancel the show which we can't really give a definitive answer on whether they should or should not i personally believe this is you know very much my thoughts on this that as a company i would almost want to get myself away from this situation just until this sort of thing dies down because eventually this sort of thing does die down. Give it a week people won't be talking about Jamal Khashoggi once the story has come out and things have happened, things have moved forward then everything will just go back to the norm something else will happen 24 hour news cycle. Exactly, people will focus their attention over onto something else. In fact like the Jamal Khashoggi stuff already seems to be falling out of that 24 hour news cycle because other things are coming into it When Sam Harris
1: makes a podcast on it It's already gone. That's (laughs) that's my... Yeah, I always listen to those too late.
2: So it's a a case of, like, do you want to just separate yourself away from this until it all blows over, and then you can re-pick that back up again and just deal with the other controversies of, like, women aren't allowed to be on the show and and things like that. It's not
1: like, (laughs) once this goes away, it's like, oh, and it's all fine. No. Oh, no, there's still this huge hypocrisy in that women aren't allowed to perform. Yeah, Yeah. and and I,
2: I take a greater issue with the the, uh, the Evolution, Evolution, whichever one you go with, pay-per-view, because that really does now feel like it was so... It, it's such a hypocritical move. It undermines everything it would, they it say. It undermines, absolutely. That show it literally exists because they were going to do Crown Jewel. And because they didn't want the same backlash they got for Greatest Royal Rumble, what well, would we'll just announce this show first... And that makes it sound like we wanted to do this thing first, and then we'll announce Crown Jewel afterwards. Mm. It's a really like low move, but really quite a smart move because,
1: and I, like, I don't it think th- it is. I think it's well, uh, it is because I like, think it underestimates your audience. Oh no, it completely does. Completely. But it, but I, it's I would f- argue that the
2: women not being allowed onto the sh- on this sh- the Crown Jewel show seems so much lessened because of the Evolution pay per view like five days before it. Like there wasn't as much of a uh, "it's a shame that women can't wrestle on that show" that there was for the Greatest Royal Rumble, and maybe WWE would have got away with it, if it hadn't been for that pesky journalist and mm. and this issue that's happened that's kind of overshadowed everything. Me personally, I would say that WWE should probably distance themselves from it until it all blows over, but that's just my thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah to, to kind of take morality out of it. Because that's just too complicated, and we'll get too many people ang- angry. Mm-hmm. Just from a business sense, just from just like how you should go about ethics in uh, as a company. It, it you, you need to you need to change what you're getting out of the relationship, other than a uh, money. So with, with the whole women's stuff, like so, say, look, we've got an agreement that in two years' time we can have the first women's match here. Meanwhile, every cent of profit we make is going to go to women's charities. Mm-hmm. So that's like... Then you're like, okay, well, it's PR, but, you know, sometimes the means... Sorry, the ends justify the means. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, as, as a, just from a business mindset and, and the potential PR, I think this is very ill-advised to carry on going to Crown Jewel.
2: But also, like... From a talent perspective, the reports are that there are a lot of talent who are very we upset. We haven't even
1: talked about that, yeah.
2: Yeah, talent are really upset by them going to this show. Obviously, Randy Orton's not one of them, but, I mean, he might be, and it's just towing the company line and being told what he has been told, to, he's just saying what he's been told to say. But there have been reports that many, many people within the company are very upset that they're still going to this show just with all of this controversy surrounding it. And what you're doing there is you're just dampening morale because the company is essentially saying, like, well, your opinion doesn't matter. Like, what pan- What matters is my back pocket. What it matters is my investors making their money and getting their money. The investors' call, which I think happens today, mm. is going to be a very interesting one.
1: I mean, there's, there's a very slim possibility that this will, because we're recording this on Friday, mm. this will go up on Saturday, and Crown Jewel could have been cancelled. <laughs> and they announced that, or they're moving it to England because Crown Jewel, we, you know... We've got we've got a crown. We've got
2: crown jewels. We've got crowns. Yeah. Uh,
1: and you know, I I wouldn't mind that. I think that'd be a good <laughs> that'd be great if we got the uh, the crown jewel. Yes. But um yeah, it's yeah, there's just so many murky bits uh, that I, I would say Yeah. And it kinda brings a bit of a downer go. on things. Mm. Yeah. Dick dick
2: dick Wrestle Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November thirteenth, twenty eighteen, for a live podcast recording, along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat.
3: Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on
2: command, um, it, it just seems to me that that, that it's pretty logical
0: that. You should be puke
2: Ollie El and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along As well as record a live episode of the podcast with your Q's and R.A.'s
0: You make it sound like you don't even want to live There's time to Five
2: There's times I don't But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat. No, no, no. This will be a wrestler long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chance. He's got a pew! He's got a pew! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Gave up Wall Street for... Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com.
3: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good
3: idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
3: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care.
0: All
2: oh. right. if you're wondering to yourself what the heck is a crap gimmick crap gimmick is a section we do here every single saturday on the wrestle ramble awkward gear change where you the Swap nation send in to us your crap gimmick submissions for crap gimmick wrestling and we decide which ones we're going to sign and then trading cards get made up for them by our awesome art man lewis Tillett, which you can follow on instagram at lewis art we've had some amazing ones there thus far if you want to send in your submission it's luke at wrestletalk.com one more time luke at wrestletalk That is Luke at WrestleTalk.com, and I will read them out. We've got a massive backlog, almost 250 at the moment. We're currently in the middle of July. That's how far back we are with these um, and if you're wondering Lay it on me. and if you're wondering what's a crap gimmick well we like to describe it as wwf's 90s mentality of you are a wrestler and a blank or it could be something much more sort of obscure tangential and we really like those ones as abstract well. abstract just, Great stupid. Words. just stupid. plain up stupid absolutely what we don't want is people that just lose all the time because there's not a lot of mileage in that. So coming up first, we have got from Nikki the Postie, you might recognise from the Wrestle Ramble podcast. She uh, emails in some poems every now and again, ah, so poetry yeah, that's corner. What I was going to say, yeah yes uh, today i'm pitching the delusional comedy heel tag team made up of vacant and mystery man mm. they both wear black morph suits vacant is completely black and mystery man is the same but has a giant question mark on his <laughs> chest mystery man's finisher is the draping uh, a drapey diamond cutter off the top rope called the cliffhanger and vacant's finisher is a double foot stomp off the top rope called the stand-in vacant believes he that's is ta- really good that
1: that's, that's yeah. nice
2: those are perfect moves for these
1: characters
2: Vacant believes he's taking on the famous outfits and mask worn by the great vacants of the past, similar to Tiger <laughs> Mask or Sin Cara. Although these former vacants have held every title in the history of wrestling, CGW's vacant admits he's never seen any of the previous vacants matches. However, their accolades speak for themselves. Mystery Man is adopting his black suit in a similar way, but more to right the wrongs of the great mystery men of the past. These are the men who have been announced for many main events and open challenges, but have always been replaced at the last minute by bigger stars. Their delusions make them. The uh, many crossed wires as Mystery Man often believes he's booked for the main event and open challenges and shows up uninvited to be told he's not actually booked. Similarly, Vacant often thinks he's won a title when titles are vacated. This also causes friction between the two as Mystery Man believes Vacant is constantly embarking on a singles career due to his recent title wins. These delusions will eventually cause the team's downfall as the tag titles are vacated and Mystery Man thinks Vacant has found a new partner, also named Vacant. And ca- blah, 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 blah. So, there's an issue slightly with this mm. in that we have already signed Vacant to the crap gimmick wrestling roster. However, we have not signed Mystery Man.
1: Yeah, I although I like the visual of a gynomorph suit and a gynomorph suit with a question mark, I think that's a great way to differentiate the tag team when they when they're wrestling. And the 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 motivations and stuff vacant always thinking he's won a title when it's declared vacant and, and he's carrying on the legacy yeah, of other great vacants. That's really good. Yeah. And the move sets are great. The finishes. I also like Mystery Man standing in for yeah. yeah. But I I uh, I like when when you were reading that. Of course, we've already got a vacant. But I, I don't I don't think Mystery Man and Vacant are. A, like they're too similar. I would mm. I would much prefer all of Mystery Man's stuff be put into vacant, so he's turning up for the things thinking he's booked, and like the doubles the stand-in finisher is actually just a setup move, mm-hmm. uh, or actually you would do the the cliffhanger. the cliffhanger and then into the stand-in. There you go, as the setup. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, but that's really great. It's almost like I want to add that. To our existing vacants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you think? No, I'm in
2: agreement with you. I, I was thinking when I was right, uh, <clears throat> taking this one on board of almost just signing Mystery Man and then putting them together as a tag team. But I do think you're right. They kind of like they are almost better separate. Or taking what we like about Mystery Man and putting it into our existing
1: vacant we currently have. I just think it would be it would be confusing. Mm. And I like yeah just. If you've got all those good ideas, just put it into one guy to make one super crap guy.
2: Although I do like the promos that uh, Mystery Man can cut when there is a tournament and only two people have been announced for it and there's another six people. And he's like, well, I'm in the tournament six times over.
1: Well, you I've, could I've well, you just get vacant
2: to do that. You can, yeah, absolutely. You can just get vacant to do yeah. it instead, yeah. This one comes in from Donovan Collins. Both of these were sent in on July 16th. The poet, Old English. His comment is a classic costume from Shakespeare. I'm I'm guessing you mean Shakespearean times he comes to the ring quoting Shakespeare before every match speaking in oldie English before his finisher He yells to be or not to be that is the question if the fans yell to be he hits his finisher double knee to the back While riding the opponent to the ground that he calls Othello if they are not to be then it is a sleeper hold that he calls Juliet Since he would be a face He often goes up to fans and see if they can quote Shakespeare And if they can he gives them that ruffled neck scarf thing that's to show they are true fans a rough a rough. It's called a rough. So, um, yeah, uh, a little bit like Bret Hart with his sunglasses, but it's <laughs> with uh, a rough instead.
1: A Shakespearean gimmick. Oh, that's definitely a heel. <laughs> why, why has he said it's a baby face? Uh, you're, we, going up to, you're going up to fans and seeing if they can quote Shakespeare. Like Bob well, Backlund. Yeah, and then you don't give them the thing if they can't do it.
2: Well, yeah, also, but I can kind of see, because it's audience participation, isn't it, with the to be or not to be in terms of who he's
1: facing. And he's going to come off like a smug, elitist guy. Mm. Even if that isn't the intention. I think that's a heel. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a... Well, Big Willie. Big Willie style. Big, <laughs> Big
2: Willie style. Oh, man. That's a gimmick right there. It's a Shakespearean character, but with Will Smith's Willenium um, oh, attitude. Yes. Yeah. Big Willie style. And he
1: raps yes. in Shakespearean verse very badly. Yeah. Yes.
2: Are you trying to say that Will Smith's a bad rapper?
1: No, no, I just say it needs a heel. No, I'm not. My wife
2: said that the other day. We were listening.
1: Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? <laughs> <Once>. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? <Where? laughs> ha
1: Classic Will Smith moves. Ha <laughs> <laughs> What? When me and Luke used to do a movie <laughs> podcast, we we would make this joke about Will Smith's rapping style of him just. Ha ha, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, I haven't written enough <laughs> lyrics for this song. Or, in the instrumental part, I'm just going to go. Uh, ha, 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 ha,
2: ha ha. Ha Yeah. yeah what? Uh, it does feel like he he can't have an instrumental moment, so he just has to go in with a
1: Yeah. What? Yeah. So uh, I ha. I went through his entire <laughs> music videography and spliced together every time he makes a noise like that. That's
2: still online. That's still on YouTube. Is it? Okay. We well, 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 can well, go you, and find
1: it. You posted it. on YouTube, didn't you? Uh, was it on Flickering Myths one? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, go and have a. I thought, you know, when you have an idea, like, this is going to be picked up by BuzzFeed, <laughs> it's going to go crazy. All the ums and ahs ever in Will's. A thousand views yeah, indeed great. Um, This
2: from Gerard Gruber Sent in on July 17th El Sumo Lucha Is a luchador That is built Like a sumo wrestler Imagine if mm. you will Yokozuna With colourful tights And a mask El Sumo Lucha Is not very agile Despite this He, ch- he still tries to do Traditional <laughs> lucha things Such as springboard dives And high spots For example When his opponent is grounded He will go for a springboard dive But instead of hitting the dive He will slip off the roads, Stagger backwards Until he trips and falls on top of his opponent. When he's going for a high flying move from the turnbuckle and his opponent's halfway across the ring, he will just land in front of the turnbuckle and then fall. For- and then the force of his crash to the mat will pop his opponent into the air, and they land right next to him where he can put his arm, arm over from them for the cover. Finally, he attempts to do a six one nine but cannot fit through the ropes like <laughs> Rey Mysterio, so he just stops at the ropes and smacks the wrestler in the face to send them back into the ring. So but he would try. Yes, he, he would try to get the through key the ropes. Is, is that he's always trying now? as you and I know, there is already a gimmick like this that is similar. Los Federales Super Santos Junior of the Anti-Fun Police in Progress Wrestling with No Fun Done. Oh, yeah. So he is a larger man that does lucha. But he, but he Be- pulls he, it off. But, he's very but, uh, good. He's awesome in he's fact. Great he's great to watch. so good. So this is like a rubbish version of Los Federales Super mm.
1: Santos. I, I like it. Uh, I'm worried... There will be an online backlash from the potential body-shaming critiques. But if anything, this is an empowering gimmick. Yeah. Because he keeps trying. And he will be a baby face in Oh, yeah, eyes. totally. Definitely. And everyone will be like, oh, when he goes to do the big moves, mm. yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want... I think, you know, there's a rich tradition of fat bastard-style <laughs> slapstick comedy from Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... <laughs> that's that i had imagine that would be the mm-hmm. would he be in a fat suit would he would that make it better or oh, no because it's then like I, things I was, that yeah. things that were funny uh, a decade ago which me and luke may or may not still find funny like fat bastard from, like austin, fat powers. Bastard from austin powers <laughs> isn't acceptable if you were to do it today mm. although it is acceptable to watch it from 18 years ago and still find it funny yes but not acceptable if it was made today no it's a very important distinction I can't explain why that is. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because if Austin Powers had made that
2: joke that's at the end of Kingsman, like, eight, you know, in, back in 1999, everyone were like, that's a really, really funny ending to that no. film because it's a parody of James Bond movies. But when they did it in Kingsman, it was not seen as a funny line because a lot of people took massive offence to it. What? That, that would be way too crude for Austin, Austin Powers. Powers. But insinuating... Uh, Which really isn't too dissimilar to what Austin Powers did throughout the whole film, anyway. This is it a bigger topic.
1: God, we we're talking about <laughs> some hot button, that body shaming, body shaming. Will Smith's <laughs> rap career. Uh. <laughs> uh, so anyway. I, I, I really actually I really like I really like this though. Yeah, I I think the visual of of going up to do a six one nine and then can't do it. And then, of course, it would build up to one day where he does do it. I don't know, maybe you gimmick the ropes slightly yeah. so they're w- wider apart. Because yeah. I shouldn't, I, he shouldn't get thinner. Like, no. This, this should be a, a fat suit that should stay that I think way. the
2: only thing I would change is the, um, the, the, the the dive, and that makes everyone sort of bounce up in the air. Like, that I, I would take out, because I mean yeah. that, that
1: doesn't really work for me. But things I do like... like the, the visual of the face plant, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think you should totally go up to the rope. And then just not make the move, but then that's just a double down. Yeah, it's just and a, the whole <laughs> crowd are like, oh, and stand in applause. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's how I would do it. So your choices are, or rather, our choices are: Ooh. we've got uh, vacant and mystery man, the uh, the poet,
1: old English, and El Sumo Lucha. So the the vacant stuff is already in there, and you know, I think it should be one character. The Shakespeare guy is good, but I. Yeah, it does. We came up with a better gimmick. It doesn't grab me as much as El Sumo Lucha. I think that's really funny. El Sumo Lucha, it is.
2: And if you want to send in a mailbag question, all you have to do is become one of our awesome Pledge Hammers over on Patreon at any dollar amount. And then you can leave a comment in our community section, which is full of other awesome Pledge Hammers. And remember, as we revealed yesterday in the NXT review Wrestle Ramble, if you're one of our $25 and above backers, you can head over to Beer52... or well, no, head over to our messages or messages on Patreon, and then we can give you a code to claim a free case of beer. Free. And, you know, there's other descriptions in there. Because
1: usually you have to pay for that free case of beer, 52 beer. You yeah, have to, pay, to uh, pay for the postage. Yeah, pay for the postage. But this is postage free. It's you know, it's just, just what a Patreon perk that is. 100% yeah. free.
2: And before we go on, we're slightly late on this because studio moves and other things have sort of happened and kind of made us sort of fall behind on things. But one of our longest running pledge hammers, the villainess Courtney Summers, she turned 30 on October 5th. So congratulations, welcome to the 30 Club and a happy birthday to you.
1: Well done for doing another year. Oh, it's Always a success. I did see that, uh, you know, she tweeted out that Cultaholic made her a little bit. Did video. a much better video than we did. And I kind of felt like you were cheating on us, Courtney. Well, I mean,
2: you felt that way. I felt we'd just done her wrong and we mm. didn't try hard enough. I think that,
1: that explains the difference between you and me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, so we're diving into the mailbag now Oh, so, sorry, oh. just one thing About moving studios and stuff We might be getting a new set real soon Yeah, for all those people who are just like Oh, the new
1: set looks rubbish it's It does tem- a, It does look rubbish It's a temporary thing like, Yeah, with, with, it's just some soundboards Yeah, literally something. it's just the soundboards like it's, it's just the wall behind that Yeah It's worse if it's just the wall Yeah, we've, it's a temporary measure Yeah, but uh, we're, we're getting someone in later today To have a look If they can build... <laughs> The stuff we want them to build.
2: We've got, we've got a really grand plan for what we want to do. build in it here. up too much. Well, I think it's a pretty grand plan. Considering what it was previously, which was just us sitting on folding chairs in
1: front of T-shirts that were not even stuck, not even, even pinned to a wall. They were put up there with gaffer tape. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be better than the T-shirt gaffer tape. Yes. But... Don't hold me to that.
2: So it's it's grander than that. So here we have from Marcel Jura, who has emailed in to say, "Hi, Luke slash Ollie slash Laurie. I really enjoyed Sabu as a worker and his gimmick, but one thing always bothered me: that homicidal, suicidal, homicidal, genocidal, death-defying catchphrase. See, I get the suicidal and death-defying part since he is a daredevil, and the homicidal part because he's nuts and a badass. But what bothers me is the homicidal part. That bit always rubs me the wrong way because there is
1: nothing cool or badass." You mean the- genocidal parts
2: well no he's written here what bothers me is the homicidal parts okay but i think and then he's clarifies genocide later so I think he probably meant genocide
1: okay because he already said he likes the homicide yes but
2: no I'm reading the email for verbatim right sorry sorry yes that bit always rubs me the wrong way because there is nothing cool or badass with genocide so I think he did mean genocide when I hear genocide I hear holocaust and that is nothing I want to cheer my question to you guys is how are you feeling with it because it might just be a cultural thing since I'm from Germany and you know we have a bit of history when it comes to that kind of stuff I hope you don't I hope I don't kill the mood don't worry you haven't support Wrestle Talk love you and goodbye I think the mood was already killed on this Yeah, episode. of all
1: the... the <laughs> just what else do you want to talk about? Talking about the Holocaust and genocide I now. I mean, I didn't talk about how my wife didn't like Will Smith's rap career. This is the light-hearted <laughs> Saturday wrestling talk show.
2: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, what are your thoughts on, on Sabu's moniker? Uh,
1: I guess I've never really thought about it, but... <laughs> when you when you yeah like when you homicidal, break it suicidal suicidal he's like throwing himself everywhere homicidal yeah he's throwing stuff at people genocidal like it just it just fits because the, the rule of three it sounds like you know the other things works but then when you you take it as an isolated word and you're like that means wiping out an entire race of people you're yeah. like, oh, yeah, that is a bit weird. Well, in all fairness, homicidal is not that much cooler because homicide refers to, like, oh, he kills people. But that's, like, I mean, that's ECW, right? You're, well, you're yeah. throwing stuff at the flaming tables. Yeah. I think that's, that's like, you know, it, that kind of fits. But uh, genocidal is, you know, so that's, that's a logistical effort. Yes. To I, wipe out a, a race of people.
2: I tend to border the, not argument or defence, but to say that ECW was a product of its time, mm-hmm. it was very much in that late 90s shock, uh, not the system, but, you know, just shock TV. That's what ECW's bread and butter was. They were essentially, they took everything that was the people loved about Jerry Springer, too hot for TV, and put wrestling matches around it. And... Like, it was just... It was of its time. They didn't really have women's wrestling. Women were in ECW to either be called a slut or to, you know, take their clothes off and have a cat fight. Or to kiss other women. Or to kiss other women, exactly. So th- it was very much just an of-its-time thing, but because it, you know, it's kind of stuck with him, it's just stuck around forever, I guess, like a lot yeah. of ECW gimmicks have. Yeah. It's it's a product of its time. Like, I think,
1: Like Austin Powers. Yeah, I think you might be right, though, uh, Michael. Or Marcel, Marcel, sorry. That, uh... Like it's interesting how different cultures here like, have different charges attached to words, and of mm-hmm. course where you're from. Because I, you know, I've been to Berlin a few times, and it is just memorials for, like, it's just the whole city is permanently saying, "I'm, s- we're so sorry, yeah. we're so sorry." Uh, so with, with all the memorials, yeah. Have you ever seen
2: uh, the Twilight Zone episode Death's Head Revisited"? No. Um, Very very good I highly recommend I mean I highly recommend The Twilight Zone anyway But it is about A a German SS officer Revisiting a um, Concentration camp And being haunted I think it's actually Auschwitz And being haunted And put on trial By the people That he uh, By like the ghosts Yeah Oh wow It is I mean it's not a fun episode um, but it's... This last email better be really happy, Luke <laughs> You'll be happy to know it is Okay, good It's from that guy who wants to support Hello that one, hello the other one, and hello the fake one How do you think NXT UK will affect the indie UK scene? Do you think the characters will be consistent in NXT and the indies And uh, and will the storylines from NXT continue in the indies And will WWE um, Will let, for example, Progress Championships to be def- to be defended on NXT. Keep being the great ones together. Spend- uh, sending a lot of love and support all the way from
1: Israel. That's from the guy who wants to support. That's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Like, could pro- because you uh, WWE titles mm-hmm. have been defended at indie shows, notably Evolve. Has one been defended in Progress? I don't know. It's every chance that it has, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be know. surprised if, if, if Pete Dunne's Dunne, belt yeah. has. Uh, but yeah, having, having another promotions belt defended within a WWE brand, I think there's too many belts anyway. Tag belt, UK belt, and women's belt mm-hmm. for the UK brand. Uh, but maybe, like, I could definitely see a progress champion versus... UK champion champion match especially Mm -hmm. if like the rumours of Volta going to like having an agreement with WWE to Mm -hmm. work for their European stuff and the takeover shows then you could have like that Pete Dunne Walter match progress champion versus NXT UK. God, that's mouthwash. That is it?
2: very, very nice to hear, yeah. Because I'd imagine it probably will be retired, because at the moment it's the WWE United
1: Kingdom champion.
2: But I'd ah, imagine yes. it'll probably be rebranded to the NXT UK champion.
1: Because they've got an identity crisis. It's just <laughs> Triple H going, uh, I don't. Yeah. Uh, don't, so, don't listen to the old man.
2: Um. So, yeah, uh, do you think NXT UK will affect the indie scene? Um, It already has. I mean, yeah, it already has, really. uh, Because there are a lot of guys that were doing the independent stuff that have signed sort of exclusive deals with NXT UK. So,
1: in effect, it sort of already has. Um, Do you remember when... So this was 2016... December 14th, I think. 2016. Maybe it wasn't. It was around that (laughs) time uh, when William Regal announced the UK brand. Just, you know, because we've been working on it for ages. We just so happened to announce it now, a week after the WOS stuff that was announced. Yeah, Uh, just coincidence, mate. uh, You know, these these things happen. Sometimes two Peter Pan films come out within months of each other.
2: And it's just so happened that the WOS wrestling show was about to start on ITV that they just so happened to announce that they are also going to be launching a TV brand Just happened months later
1: because they couldn't get a TV deal. Mm. So did you hear the story on the TV deal? Oh, I hadn't uh, finished my point. Oh, sorry, go on. (laughs) So at this, uh, this announcement, William Regal says that... The, all the boys that have signed with us Will be able to work anywhere And then a day later It was modified to anywhere that You know, like We we think where they can be nurtured mm-hmm. And that they can work with places Where they're used in a really good storyline Like, what? And then like over the weeks It was like, no, we, you just work with Who we want you to work with Who we have deals yeah. with yeah. And it was just a way to take those UK guys stop them from working WOS. Yes, yeah, yeah, so pretty much.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the Observer today. It was um, or yesterday, I should say, because we recorded this on Friday. the uh, The story is that WWE were looking to get NXT UK onto Sky, mm. and Sky said no because. They feel a bit slighted by WWE because they signed this brand new deal with Sky and part of Sky's whole deal with WWE was they got pay-per-view revenue where that's where the money really is. You pay for that but you get a share of the pay-per-view revenue. And then a week later WWE announced the network where all the pay-per-views are going to be on there for 10 bucks a month and you don't actually have to buy them on pay-per-view anymore. And Sky were like, ooh, well... I mean, that's where all of our money is going to be made, and now their ratings have, have massively declined on Sky Sports, whichever what it's on. Now. I think it's probably on Arena or something. Um, so they and that contract ends in late 2019. So there was sort of speculation that it might not end up re-signing, and WWE will leave Sky for the first
1: time in what, like 20 plus years. Yeah, it's, it's it's a crazy thing to think, and it's it's. Uh... Oh, I forgot what I was going to say about well, Sky Sports and WWE.
2: So Further on from that, when WWE couldn't get a deal with Sky Sports, they went to BT Sports and asked for them, and then Sky were like, well no, they can't have it either, because you've got a deal with us. Mm-hmm. And that's why NXT UK has been in this sort of like limbo status, because they, they taped in July, and it's just been sat there on the shelf. Apparently they've recorded 18 weeks' worth of episodes, and they've just been sat there doing nothing. And they were meant to do an NXT UK Women's match at Evolution, which has since been not mentioned ever since. And I don't know whether that's going to take place now because mm. the match itself, where they crown a champion, will have to air before that show, and then you will have to announce something to set up that. But you can't announce anything too much that will affect the eighteen weeks of TV you've already taped. So they're in this of like, massive quandary at the moment. They were just saying nimbo, and then they were just like, "And nah, it's going on the network."
1: Yeah, I think, Well, I was. I just remember my point that the. That's why the network was delayed for so long in the UK, because right. of that butting heads between Sky Sports and WWE. I think, I'm a real big fan of what uh, the NFL do, where they put the Super Bowl on BBC every year. BBC, to my knowledge, doesn't pay a penny mm-hmm. for that, because the NFL are like, well, this is our, this is great advertising. This is, the the most amount of people are going to see it. We're going to give it to you for free. Boom. So I would, I, it seems counterintuitive, but like, Give the pay, per, not the pay-per-views, but give like something to a major UK broadcaster for free, mm-hmm. and you, you massively increase your exposure. Yep, and yeah, that's that's what I would do. And but yeah, but the, the actual the actual question.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, well, we. As I think we've answered. Like, I think it does. It, it's already affected the mm. the indie UK scene. Although now, like you know, Rev Pro, their TV show starts tonight on Free Sports. So Friday. So Friday. Yesterday. So yesterday. Um and there were some guys there that have been like that are very heavily pushed on that show that were rumored to be among that list of NXT UK stars that were going to be part of that brand that are now not because they decided to stick with Rev Pro and other independents instead as opposed to sign for WWE um Chris Brooks was one of those names he was rumored to be going over but your boy my boy Chris Brooks he's one of the best he's so tall and so handsome um but he's also very gross um, so yeah I think that it kind of already has uh, affected the indies and I don't think that NXT UK stuff will bleed too much into like progress storylines or because it hasn't since it hasn't really since the you know since Pete Dunne and since the UK championships that, or way back when so I don't know if it really will do but I suppose we won't really know until we're out of this 18 weeks worth of TV that they've taped and they are going to do it as a weekly show It'll be, I mean I'll be so interested to see if once those 18 weeks are up, whether they still commit to it being a weekly mm. show. That'd be interesting. Because that means they're going to have to tape a lot. You know, they're going well, you to know, to do the, the NXT sort of schedule that they do. But whether or not they are going to keep up with that. Mm. Because we've had, you know, yesterday we had a lot of people saying to us, I say a lot of people, we had quite a few people saying, are you going to review NXT UK? Are you going to review NXT UK? I'm. my guess is in two weeks' time, no one's going to be asking. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah.
1: So before we do the Agony Outs request, do you want to tell us your story about the bicycle? I would love to. So I, at the new office, is a 45-hour-long to hour long public transport journey. Yeah, sounds awful. The the 50, I know you've got <laughs> a lot, but it's just, I, I always drove to work mm-hmm. uh, before, but now you know, I'm on public transport, and it's great for reading books and, and listening to podcasts, but I, it's just too inconsistent in terms of time. Mm. Like... Uh, is it going to take 40 minutes or is it going to take an hour? I've Why never, is there such
2: a spread there? I've never known someone to be so, like, conscious about how long places take to get to. Like, it's re- like, when we were, like, looking at various different studios for us to move to, that was, like, one of your big things. You had, like, almost a spreadsheet of, like,
1: how long it takes for various different people to get to. Because I was very conscious that you were doing an, an awful Awful hour 50 each way journey. Oh, so it did take me four hours there and back. Yeah, to to so work. I was trying to make it the best possible route
2: for everyone. Yeah, and like yeah. It t- this one takes me, you know, an hour, sometimes hour 15, but
1: that's fine. Like, it's, it's alright. Like, it takes an hour. For you, yeah. it used to take me half an hour to get to work. Mm-hmm. This is Anyway, so I find out that it's a 25-minute bike ride, a lovely bike ride through the wetlands, down the Hackney Canal. This is lovely. Sounds delightful. Okay, so let's do that. I rented a bike yesterday. You guess, guess what? Riding a bike is like. What's it like? Riding a bike because <laughs> I got on it and I stumbled a bit. Then I was away. Oh, well, of course it is because yes. you you never forget how to ride a bike. It's it was quite remarkable. But I haven't ridden a bike. Since I was 12, 13 Wow what Maybe do- maybe a few centre boxes Oh man, That's I, about it
2: I used to cycle to work all the time when I was a uh, teenager Not this guy
1: Oh I had like I got a Maybe there were a few weeks When I was 24 or something I got a bike on the ride to work scheme mm-hmm. But that did not stick Because it was rainy mm-hmm. Anyway So I get the bike I'm excited Lock it up And it's time to go home uh, It was the 10 minute news that took forever mm-hmm. So it was a late going home and it was it was dark it was dark outside and my did you have lights well i didn't really think about this oh no you're supposed to have lights when it's dark so i had lights little flashy lights so people bike. could see me oh that's
2: fine okay yeah that's all right then
1: yeah but what everybody else had was like a torch light Yet. on the front i did not have that ah i could not see where i was going and i was driving on driving. riding yeah. <laughs> old habits On a canal side with no bit, and uh, then there was. I was like, "This is like really hairy. This is genuinely hairy, and I'm scared. I'm pretty sure I just saw a face in a bush, (laughs) because my eyes were so wide. And I got, I got supernatural. I've like this never happens to me. I got supernatural scared, (laughs) like like someone from the ring was gonna jump. Not just like a more rational fear of a drug dealer or a homeless person attacking me. Or falling into the canal. Or falling into the canal. It was specifically Sister Abigail <laughs> <laughs> coming at me from a bush and killing me. <laughs> or like taking me in a, into a cult. Real world um Sister Abigail or Bray Wyatt is Sister Abigail. Bray Wyatt Sister Abigail. Oh, that's even scarier. Uh so yeah, it was just that uh, it was it was it was it was really scary. And then I didn't realise Oh, but at least I had the light from the other side of the canal because then I take a right and I'm in the the marshes, the wetlands, mm-hmm. and that is no light. And it's it's like trees as well, so there's no moonlight. It was pitch. It black. was pitch. You know, I could see the very, very faint outlines of things. Oh, mate! Right. And uh, I I must have gone over a bump, and I have a little basket at the front of the bike and this threw the d-lock that i'd also rented (laughs) up into my face (laughs) i come off the bike but like you know in a measured way Uh, (laughs) and i'm like what the hell just happened what was that torch on the phone there's the
2: the d-lock the d-lock i I don't mean to laugh but that is quite funny and
1: i I finally get home i was so highly strung and just like that was awful i need a torch so bad uh i Lost the key for the D-lock. Oh no! So now the bike is living in our front room <laughs> and I can't take it anywhere. Great. Gotta buy a D-lock over the weekend. Oh, mate. And then cycle in only daylight. Oh. Like of a reverse vampire. Well, I thought I'd share that, though.
2: Oh, well, I'm glad you did. Mm. What a terrible d- I didn't mean to laugh as much as I did. Eh, it's, funny. it's a funny story. Um, would you like this uh, Agony Arts Request? Of course. So, of course, this is from a vacant. Email her in. Who is already signed to the crap gimmick roster? Yep, of course. Yeah, I didn't realise you could send job-related agony art. I've got something to tell. It's, it's been for everything. It's it's been bothering me for a long time, and Mary sh- maybe sharing helps. Also, the situation changed today, so it's very current again. I will try and keep it short. Spoiler: they do not. I'm currently <laughs> working for my second company. I trained for my job in an office at my first company and worked there for almost five years. In the last one and a half years, they were they were awful. A lot of. Stress so much I suffered tinnitus, which is a sign wow. of an approaching burnout. Thankfully, I was able to get rid of this with something called uh, autogenic training. Also, I think that's also Janet Cheney. Shortly after being healthy again, 90% of the employees were released due to the biggest, uh, biggest our only client dropping out of the deal. Then I got into a company which looked differently as my, than my former employer. They are operating a completely different business, but they are also need people for their office. Nice boss, good schedule, everything seemed fine. That was June 2017. Now in October 2018, I lost a lot of my peers because they quit the company on their own terms. We were f- forced to work overtime. Customers were extremely angry at us and we've been doing for months and nothing changes. The iron's always, guess you gotta work longer. I know that I'm good at my job and I like doing what I do, but I start questioning myself as I'm not able to work to my full potential anymore. The remaining peers and myself, we're all dragging ourselves to work every time in fear of the stress that's coming we were always promised it's gonna get better but it never does so I decided so I started looking for a new job I hate that though I fear job interviews and I fear the moment I have to ask for my release and today some oh I don't know the way there's this, phr- uh, this phrase and today some bird I haven't told anyone Told. oh I think he means like a little birds as opposed, a little
1: bird told me yeah. yeah
2: as opposed to oh, the bird over here <laughs> Um, And today some little bird and I haven't sold anyone told my boss that I was setting myself up as many did before for my Departure they asked me and expressed fear in me leaving I am helpful and a very nice person and it would be such a shame to see me leaving I currently do not know where to put this all I know is that I left my left that room feeling not much hate for my supervisor But I learned that they were heavily arguing with each other afterwards I was honest with them, but they assured me everything would be better at the same time I'm currently waiting for a reply to a pretty well paid a job for the town hall. That would be something I would really love to do. I want to learn more, do further trainings, and climb up the career ladder just a little bit so I'm able to form a family, uh, afford a family once. The new job would offer all of that. The last thing my boss said as I left the room was pleading as he said please promise not to leave. I felt backed into a corner. What can I do? All I want is for some fair money and be happy with my job. I'm currently 24 and I feel that time is ticking Once before I hit 30 without further training and almost useless for new companies in my area. What can I do? Side info, a further training in my own uh, on my own would cost me up to 30,000 quid. Doing it after work, coming home after midnight or something cool so that is from vacants
1: Lot to dive into there it's kind of difficult to uh a lot of options
2: yeah i guess the the short version of it is the tldr version mm-hmm. is that they are in a job that they're not particularly happy in they are looking for other options but now their boss is pressuring them into staying they've got no control over you well that's it my advice would be you owe them nothing you owe this job absolutely nothing, and it's if you leave and you explain to them why you leave, then that's on them really like clearly, if a loads of people are departing, that means that the job is getting awful, and the company needs to be aware of that, or the people in your higher upper positions need to be aware of that.
1: Yeah, it seems like that sort of personality trait where you don't want you you want everyone to like you, you don't mm. want to really ruffle any feathers, unfortunately. In this game, especially when it comes to jobs and trying to get a better lot for yourself, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to confront that at some point. Uh, and, And you're actually in a very good position. You don't want this job anymore, and you might have nicer jobs elsewhere, like this town hall job. So you could take the town hall job and it's all fine, or you can go back into your current employer if you're only in it for the money, which I advise against, really. I think you should probably do something that satisfies both financial concerns and and makes you happy uh, but you can go into your current employer and just say well i'm leaving i've got this other job offer uh, if you want me to stay that bad i mean they they have played an awful negotiating hand really in saying, do not leave do yes. we need you so much well if you need me that much i want i want to work from home on friday thursday uh, i want you know these jobs to be taken off me i want i want my job to be engineered in this direction which I enjoy more I want all of this in writing and I want to get paid more
2: yep absolutely yeah. I'm totally in agreement with that. But before we get out of here, let's have a quick wrestle talk. Get Better. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. I've been listening in the shadows for a while when it comes to talk. Get Better and wondered if I should do it myself. So I decided to go for it and see how it went. I started in April, and after leaving a particularly stressful job, I had to to put myself on a diet and running regime. Mm. When I started, I was 16 stone and 10 pounds. But after months of running, dieting, and weight, I am finally comfortable to say I am now 13 wow. stone and 4 pounds. Oh,
1: congratulations.
2: I i have have attached a picture to show you my progress now the next step of getting better is to get toned keep up the great podcast please don't judge me ollie love from met (laughs) Uh, and that is our boy
1: i'm judging you you passed yeah Yeah. well done
2: thank you very much congratulations to you um nice little bit from google mail the options for replying to that email um congratulations love it or, I'm so proud of you. All three. Yeah, I, I think Press that's the all, all three, three button. button. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday for the Raw review. What's going to happen on Raw? Do you notice the Raw don't really plug as much what's going to happen on the show compared to SmackDown?
1: It's because they're afraid uh, controversy will surround <laughs> anything they announce. But <laughs> I guess just live week to week.
2: <laughs> I guess we'll get the fallout of Drew McIntyre and uh, attacking Braun Strowman. Although I wonder if that'll ever... That'll, they'll just be back together again. Oh, I'm uh, worried. You put as, the fear of God in me man. Well, as uh, many have pointed out, they're doing the UK house show loop. As the, it's the six-man main events. That's what they, they're advertising. Hmm. So maybe we'll get that six-man main event again. Anyway, we'll find out. <laughs> have a good weekend, everyone. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.